0: Um, oh, I guess one thing to mention that I haven't mentioned yet is that I am a rated mature doll maker um, I do use vulgar words in some of my clothing. I do have partial nudity um, I will have some trinkets and pendants that are going to be more on the, you know, very sexual side I have these flower pins that I made um, They're like roses They're called self-love pins, and they're made to look like a vagina with a hand on it. So, definitely preface that I'm not.
1: (laughs) I'm not like a (laughs) right. I should have
0: definitely preface that um, I'm a rated mature doll maker. That's okay. I think
2: most of the listeners are going to be adults, so that's what I would anticipate
0: anyway. But I am going to have T-shirts made that are going to say, you know, "cunt" in Barbie font. just because I think it's That funny. does sound cool. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, that's...
2: That's, like, a guilty pleasure. Like, I, I don't think I would normally buy a shirt that of that, but that sounds like... So,
0: and I thought, you know, a lot of guys say, like, oh, if you make those, I'll wear one. So, so I'm hoping to have those shirts by October. Um, different sizes. I want to do even underwear, um, tank tops, long sleeves. I want to do the whole shebang. So that's going to be awesome too so even if you find that my dolls are a little more on the expensive side or my trinkets don't suit you maybe a t-shirt would <laughs> maybe you could still support me that way or even just come and say hi to me and check check me out and talk to me and ask me questions i'm very easy to talk to. so my um my name is uh my company's name is lydia juice customs and where i got the name from is if Lydia married Beetlejuice, so it's Lydia Juice. <laughs> Even though that's not really his last name, I think that's his whole name, but I think it's creative enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So eventually I gotta make a Beetlejuice and Lydia doll, I think. <laughs> Are you gonna them one doll, <laughs> might might be or? proper. <laughs> I don't know, we'll have to see.
2: Like a wedding cake topic. Oh
0: my gosh, I bet people would love that. I bet so Oh, maybe we should partner up. Oh. Bailey, give me ideas. <laughs> <laughs> so, my name is Olivia Lusk. I've been in Rochester for about seven years, and I am the owner and creator of Lydia Juice Customs, which is an upcycling repainting of plastics. L-I-D-I-A-J-U-I-C-E-C-U-S-T-O-M-S.
2: And And I have an Instagram. Oh, right. right. So it's just at what you just said.
0: Yes, at what I just said. Well, it's kind of hard to describe my art to somebody who doesn't know anything about it, um, which is a lot of people. (laughs) they would be like, oh, you paint dolls. And it's like, well, it's it's not really like just painting dolls. Um, I find these unloved dolls that are messed up from... Children missing arms missing legs, and I actually take factory paint acetone and just remove everything remove their hair remove their clothes I make their clothes I I hand make hair and I repaint their whole faces and I give them a whole new outlook on life So it's basically hands-on what I physically do with the dolls Um, But what's cool about what I do is I have such open freedom with the things that I create that like I could have a pop icon like the first doll I ever made was that of a, an actual person I know which is Kirstie Cribble and that kind of like set the wave of like oh you that's so cool you do that stuff and then that perpetuated into like oh can you make doll- a doll of me and you can you make a doll of me so that like started me like oh I'm going to make dolls for people and then it was like I don't want to make dolls of just people I want to make love like anything. So I have like comic book characters, movie stars, drag queens. And I'm like, I have so much stuff coming for. I have, um, I'm moving into the Hungerford building. I got some studio space. And I'm actually moving into Kirsty's studio. She is Chaos by Design. So it'll be Lydia G's Customs and Chaos by Design in the same building. Um, and. So for September 7th, the first Friday, I'm going to be set up in a new space and I'm actually going to have a place to call home and people can visit instead of just looking at my Instagram because right now I'm not really the best social media mogul. I take pictures here and there, but it's I could take a lot more and be a lot more artistic with my pictures, but I just work so much. And when I actually have free time, I'm working on my dolls. So when I get a picture in it's like, okay, I just worked a 10 dollar a day. So let's just do a little quick snap mm-hmm. <laughs> and just like prove that I do stuff. <laughs> um, so yeah, once I have the studio space, you just like come in and, and, and see and check out stuff I do. And I'm also with that, I'm not just doing dolls. I'm making trinkets and stuff. So, I'm making um, pins and accessories out of antique Barbie parts. I'm also making some weird, oddity things, um, crafting some calming jars that'll have some questionable items in there, <laughs> that'll just be fun. And um, yeah, I'm I'm just super stoked for that too, I'm just, like, so excited. A lot, lot of pink furniture are going to be going in there. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> This is definitely, when I first found um, face-ups, is what they call it in like Japan when they use uh, ball joint dolls, so they're really expensive handmade dolls, and I used to watch all of these videos on YouTube, I was like, oh, I want to try this, you know, and this was like 10 years ago, and when I found out all the stuff you had to get to do it, I was like, crap, I don't have that money. so I ended up using like whatever I had at home like nail polish permanent marker and I made my first doll and she was cute but she wasn't really like all the way there and I kind of just like put it off for a while and then I finally I had the money to get all the supplies and I decked myself out and I started one and when I did I like sat there for like eight hours and just worked on one and I couldn't believe how like the time went by and how like absorbed I was into this project, making this little mini human.
1: So eventually
0: my end goal is to learn casting and sculpting to make my own ball joint dolls, which are insane to make. They take about six months just to get a wiring bodice going. So once you get to that point of learning how to wire and sculpt and sand and finish and prime, you can actually cast those pieces. So you don't have to make another whole creature. You can be like, oh, I like the torso. This one I sculpted and I could put it on this body and I'll get to a point where I just make a beautiful miniature human from scratch and not, you know, borrowing another item that I am recreating. So that's definitely my end goal is to be able to just make ball joint dolls. That's that's another exciting thing with Kirsty is that she is a metal smith, so she's going to be teaching me how to make molds and stuff. So once this goes, I'm just gonna more things are just going to keep happening, and I'm super stoked. <laughs> I mean, my materials is actually um, interests a lot of people only because when they see my dolls, they assume my airbrush. Um, what I actually use, uh, mostly I just use two materials. I use uh, soft pastels, which is basically like highly pigmented colored chalk. So you scrape it and it creates this fine powder and I use that to kind of brush in layers. So it starts off with lightly pigmented and after a lot of layers of this fancy Mr. Super Clear hobby spray that I have to use, which all the doll makers use. It's like 20 bucks for a tiny little bottle, (laughs) but it's worth it. And then watercolor pencils are just like colored pencils that'll actually leave behind a color that I build up that way. So there's that. Also, when I make my doll's hair, I take acrylic yarn and comb it all out and straighten it. So it's this beautiful, wispy, moldable hair a lot of people don't expect me to make but i do and it's a long process (laughs) um and then obviously everything else is just fabrics that that i find um sew green is an amazing place i don't know if anybody's ever heard of it but it's like goodwill for sewers and they have scraps and yarn and lace and buttons and anything you can think of so it's just so wonderful to go to like a local place where grandmothers have handed down all their old fabrics and you just get scraps and you find the most amazing things there and I have two dolls that I'm working on right now which are like pinup dolls so I found like little cherry prints and little heart prints stuff that you would probably have to buy a yard or something of where I could just get a scrap for a dollar that's, that's just awesome to me um, and anything else That I make accessory-wise is just out of air-baked clay, or just acrylic paint to like paint the old shoes into something different. Yeah. So right now, what I'm doing is um, I like put a hold on my custom orders while I'm working on like a release. Oops, sorry. So with a release, I like to have like four to seven dolls, which means I'm spending all my time on those dolls, so I don't have time for custom orders. But for right now, what I have going, which is going to change in the future, is that you're totally free to contact me through my Instagram and we can go over prices i mean obviously everything's a little different when it comes to if it's a certain character if it's yourself do they have piercings do they have tattoos do they have you know certain accessories they like like skateboards or backpacks or maybe they really like to wear a certain type of shoe and i make something into a converse so it really depends on what that person wants as far as um, custom orders and um, i usually start a Minimum of, of 100, but like I said, it's always depending, and it also depends on the doll, too. Um, dolls come in all different shapes and sizes. I usually use Monster High dolls because they have many articulate joints, so they're very poseable. Uh, like, as opposed to a Barbie where her elbows are stiff, so you can't, like, all she can do is like raise her hands up and raise her hands down, or like look like she's selfieing. That's about it. Where you can have a Monster High doll look like she's reading a book or like she's cooking dinner or just posing in a tree cutely um, so that's why I like to use those and they come in different sizes as well they come like 12 inches all the way up to like 20 inches and it could be a scavenge doll or you could buy a new doll if you buy the doll then it takes away from the price of ordering because I'm not gonna have you pay extra for a doll that you give me to use but if I use a doll from my arsenal then it's a different price But once I get into the studio, I will have um, a website going so we could do like order sheets and really have a full customized sheet and then it will calculate all the prices for you. Awesome.
2: Yeah. Okay, so this next question is just to like delve in a little bit more to your... Other like your personal and business life if you want to talk about I mean I know them obviously but your jobs and also like uh, your background where you came from but also like what else you've done in art before this and if you did like any kind of formal training in art
0: sure yeah so I'm not really from Rochester I grew up around Steuben County which is like country towns Um, and I was always home a lot and Mm -hmm. My room became my sanctuary, so my room was just like so cool. I, my nanny gave me all these old vogue magazines and I cut out all the black and white pictures and plastered them all over my wall. and it was all dark and everything from Hot Topic, you could get like the, the canopy and everything. And I think that kind of like, started the ignition of being creative and always wanting visual stuff around me and things that looked nice and I would always start drawing, or I would write poems, or I would get into painting, but it, there were these things that I never got into like enough to keep practicing and keep doing, and it would always just be things to bide my time. And it got to a point where like, I loved playing video games. It's like, always played video games, grew up playing video games, and I was convinced I was gonna make video games. And I was convinced I was gonna be a concept artist and make the clothes and the characters and the backgrounds, where they lived. And I went to school and I got a graphic art degree. And then was extremely sad when I found out I needed five more years of school for animation before anyone even looked at me. And you know, 20-something Olivia coming out of college was like, I don't want to do that. (laughs) But the college experience was wonderful. Because I took so many art classes and I learned so much, and I got to play with fancy computers, and I learned mediums that I enjoyed and what actually materials I should be using versus like, you know, stuff that you like grew up with and you're like, oh, actually, that product isn't very good. I'm gonna use this. And just techniques. And really being able to explore every artistic route with all of my classes. And that just like all of those things that I learned from school really helped everything <laughs> elongate um, further into getting into dolls. It was like that transition. It was like nothing. It was like I felt like I should always be painting dolls. Like as soon as as soon as that brush hit her face, it was just like it was over. Um, and I was trying to think of what else you asked me. Oh. Um, as far as like what, what I just do as a, as a, as a personal broad, um, <laughs> I work all the time, um, not that I hate it though, I'm really trying to save for a house because I want chickens and goats oh my God. and a garden. So it's really working on my credit, so this girl is working all the time. Um, working at Buddha, ser- serving and bartending, working at Locals Only, which is an awesome new place on East Alexander bartending and host, or hosting and serving there. I work for a company called Bar Hire, and then anytime I'm not working, I'm home working on dolls, so. So it's, it's a lot, it's a lot, and I don't get a lot of sleep, but it's all worth it in the end. You know, hard work. Eventually you get to the, you know, you work hard and then you get to the part where you get to party harder. It's just, it's just a little bit down the road for me right now. <laughs> um, and, and in my free, also like if I do get free time, um, I enjoy playing ukulele and learning violin and playing my guitar. With my boyfriend, we have a little two gig band where Fox and the Hound we play some some murder ballad bluegrass stuff, some really out there stuff. <laughs> um, and yeah, and then I have two beautiful girls. Haley and Maisie they're 10 and Maisie's going to be I think she's almost 6 now but um, they're my dogs
1: oh you you really (laughs) have I was Uh, like
0: wow I didn't think
1: so
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm a dog mom I love dogs and that's another reason why I want to save for a house I want to be a foster mom for unloved dogs dogs that you know christmas puppies that get sent back to the pound or dogs who can't walk anymore or dogs who have no teeth or have no legs like i want to help all those babies <laughs> eventually it's my dream just have have a small farm save dogs and paint dolls
2: <laughs> do you still play video games
0: oh yes Definitely. Definitely still play you video games. you want to
2: games. say a favorite game at the moment or of all time?
0: I will definitely say I am a Sony girl. I grew up with PlayStation. I still have every single PlayStation I ever had in my house. Um, PlayStation 4 has come out with some awesome titles in the past couple of years. Um, obviously the last of Us, And uh, waiting on the sequel for about uh, three years now. It's supposed to come out this year or next year, but they'll probably push it to like next fall because they are killing me inside <laughs> horizon zero dawn was another viewed beaut- like beautiful game it was so well done it's like one of those games i watch that i'm like i wish i was part of making this it's just so visually beautiful post-apocalyptic world but with machines and you don't really know what's going on and the story is just so beautifully done you're just so ingrained with it you're like who is this character what is going on and then you find out and you're like oh my god that seems like that could happen and now I'm scared (laughs) so yeah and then I love playing Call of Duty Zombies that's definitely not good at the online stuff I die like two seconds going into an online match but if I play Zombies uh, I can get at least around 22 (laughs) nice at least
2: (laughs) I saw that Horizon Zero Dawn game and I thought it looked good but I was like it looks so good how can it actually be
0: it's it like it I thought it was being hyped up because a lot of other things weren't coming out that year, um, except for like DLCs, and I'm like, come on, seventy! I need something, and I played it and I, I, I just couldn't put it down for the most part. There's times when I had to be like, go to work and be like, ah, I just want to get to the next part so I know what's happening.
2: What do you love about making art?
0: I think really it's... um creating something with your own like mind and then translating that to your hands and then seeing a physical piece that just that part is almost enough but then it's once other people see that piece and know that you created that from your mind and your hands it's like a second like ah thank you like I appreciated it but knowing that you do too like that gives me life like ah I know I love it, but knowing you love it makes me love it that much more, and makes me push to get that wow factor up, and I'm always thinking of ideas, I could look at a doll and be like, oh, you know, I, I'm going to turn it into this, or I'm always thinking like, oh, how would people take this doll, like, for example, I'm, I'm in the middle of making a tank girl, and she has very, very visible breasts, okay. <laughs> so it's like, oh. Those look very real, (laughs) but it's a plastic doll. It almost makes people be like, oh, should I not look at those? (laughs) And I love that. It's funny, and it's, you know, like, it makes me feel good. Like, oh, like, I made some realistic movies. (laughs) And I, and like I said, it's like that creative mind. You always have these ideas floating around in your head, and you, like, it's almost like a buzzing noise, and, and you can't, like... The buzz doesn't stop until you make that idea. And I I think I've always had that, even as a kid and like growing up I always wanted to do stuff and make stuff with my hands and like use my hands and have pretty things around me, so this like weirdly turned into me making dolls. (laughs) And I guess I never I never got rid of liking dolls. And I think for a while it was like I play with dolls and And then I was like, uh, still getting dolls at 12, like still getting dolls at 15, and then none of my friends are getting dolls anymore, but I still want dolls, so it was like this shame thing of like, okay, well, I'll put it off, I'll put it off, and I think when I just left college and I picked up that doll, I was like, man, it's been so long. And then from there, all of a sudden, I'm getting like garbage bags full from my friends, and and now I just can't wait until I have too many that I need like a storage compartment or something. <laughs> <laughs> like I just want all of them. Why would somebody want one of my dolls? Like why do they need one?
2: Like really why do they sell need them? One? Um, like, why something you can't get anywhere else? And... Well, it
0: is. It's definitely it's a definitely one of a kind object. Um, it's. Um, I guess how would I explain this? Even though it's already been a doll, it, it's something that I, I've hand-created, um, and like I said, if, if I think of dolls like I want people to think of them when I have an idea. When I did my Halloween release, I did Wednesday Addams, I did Eleven from Stranger Things, I did Marie Antoinette with her head taken off. And I did this like creepy nun witch and I was really trying to create a wow factor. I mean Stranger Things too. like I had my release on the day the show came out. So it's really like trying to cater to people but not like be so commercial about it. It's just like ideas that I really love and sometimes I have to get over that and be like well I have to think about what other people would like too because not everybody likes what I like. and I, what I want from people to see in my dolls, even though, even if they're not a doll collector or they've never really had an interest in dolls, I want my pieces to speak for themselves and be like, oh my gosh, I'm a huge Tank Girl fan. I like need that. I need that in my life. Our, my Wednesday doll, who just went to um, my friend Amber Rump, who's apprenticing over at, um, oh gosh, what's that tattoo she forget now artisan artisan yes and she just wanted her to have on her shelf and just hang out and that's awesome so she gets to hang out with a bunch of little creepy stuff on a shelf and you know she's the only doll on the shelf but yet she wanted it so I really think it's like a eerie collectible like different factor like people are like oh like this doll that you have you can't get another one of it. It's on. There's only the one. And I have that doll. So nobody else has it. All my dolls have collector number series on them. I'd never want to duplicate a doll just for that fact. Just for that, ooh, I have a Lydia Juice Customs doll. I have, you know, number 007. I have the seventh one in the series. Nobody else has it. And kind of like almost like a trading card system. like maybe it'll get to the point where some people are like oh my god I love you know your doll or my doll we could trade sometime or maybe they hang out together and they do like photo shoots I don't know that's what I do with my dolls (laughs) Um, and then as far as what was the second part of that question? just like
2: one, one more time tell everybody like your Instagram and like the Hungerford information
0: right so um yeah follow me on Instagram, that would be awesome. Just so I know that people like my content, and they wanna see more, it makes me wanna put out more content and show people more what I do. Cause a lot of the time I feel like a lot of people wouldn't be interested in every single aspect of me doing a doll, but I don't know that. Um, because it's just what I do. <laughs> and so, yeah, follow me on Instagram, you can message me, comment on my stuff, I'll totally answer. Um, Lydia Juice Customs, no spaces, no capitals. And September 7th, I will be at the first Friday in the Hungerford building along with Chaos by Design. We are sharing a studio. I'm also having a grand opening uh, the first Friday in October, which is like announcing that I am in the studio. It's gonna be like a welcoming Olivia to the Hungerford Halloween party. And we're gonna have live music, and. it's going to be sorry, spooky. Yes?
3: It's funny. Sorry. I'm
0: sorry
1: to <laughs> be nosy.
2: Um... Uh, first Friday in October. Yeah,
0: first Friday in October, big Halloween yeah. party. Announcing that I'm there. I'm going to have a lot more stuff.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, I was going to ask if you could do um, the whole line yeah, oh, uh, of the Watchmen three, dolls.
0: Oh my god, those would be so cool.
2: They probably made action figures up when they made the movie.
0: You know, oh and God. there are some people who are out there who take like action figures and make them more realistic. Uh-huh. And that is amazing to me. There's some. There's. I'm not the only doll painter out there. You should definitely like hashtag face ups, hashtag doll paints, and look it up because you, you'll see some phenomenal work out there. It, it's just great. It's a great field to check out. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. So that was the yes.
3: addendum.
2: <laughs> 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 um. Give have a favorite author.
3: Probably Ursula K. Le Oh, cool. Yeah.
2: Why do you like about Ursula Le work? Um. Well, she
3: was one of the first like really big fantasy writers that was a woman, um, and not only that, but her stories were unique and interesting. Um. Not not just the word earthy, which is. That I really loved growing up, but like she just has a really unique voice, um, and a really, I think, being a woman gave her a different kind of fantasy voice in general that I'd never heard before, um, and it's it's melancholy, but it's really deep and awesome, and I just I love her style.
2: Do you uh, do you think there's any like messages that you picked up in her in her work that were like philosophical or, you know, moral lessons that she imparted to you?
3: Um, oh yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I think, I mean, the karma is too much a blanket term for what she kind of um, pushed in that that story of the Earthsea Trilogy, but um, kind of like the consequences of actions and, um, and, you know, she talked about balance a lot. balance between, you know, darkness and light, and, um, it, it's, it was a very, it was an, an interesting take on things where, you know, normally there's, like, the, in that, in that whole genre, there's, like, the, you know, this is good, and this is bad, and this is bad, guy and the big guys, and everything, but, like, the main character makes a lot of mistakes, you know, and really and things up, and, um, it made him really human to me, uh, so, yeah, I just thought it was, you know, he, it was a lot, a lot of, uh, have
2: a coming-of-age story too, you know, um, self-reflection, and, um, and, uh, actually it would really about story for a fantasy. Cool. Yeah. Just curious, have you ever seen any of the, um, mo- oh, I don't know if you really call them movie, but, like, movie adaptations, there's the Tales from R C by Studio Ghibli? Mm, you know, I avoid them.
3: was uh-huh. the one from the Sci-Fi Channel that yeah. was, like, fully whitewashed. Um, that was one thing that I loved about it. It was, like, it was, like, all people of color except for, I think, like, in the second book there was, like, like a, a people that were, like, oxygen, I guess. But, like, that was also one of the first times people had, like, written that way for fantasy. So that was really cool. Um, and, yeah, so I was really mad that they did that in, in the sci-fi series, so I didn't watch it. Um, and I heard it was bad anyway. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, I
2: think it was pretty
3: bad. Yeah, and then the Ghibli one I heard was really pretty, but just didn't really come together story-wise or didn't mm-hmm. like follow the story. So I was just like, I've, I've learned my lesson when it comes to books that I love that are adapted into movies is like usually they're terrible. And <laughs> or they just don't live up to the books. So instead of getting angry, I just don't go really and see them. <laughs>
2: gotcha. Yeah. Cool. Do you have any other favorite authors?
3: Yeah, a lot of YA stuff really um, spoke to me, you know, still does, like a Wrinkle in time, knows we're up and um, the giver, those things. Um life records a uh of always. Um, and then you know, later there was like the Count of Monte Cristo really loved uh and James um, Clavell worked his book Shogun that was really great. And um, and I love Phil K. short stories. He's like a really great science fiction writer that unfortunately has had a lot of bad adaptations made of the stories but uh, he felt really
2: good like, really like trippy kind of heady you know what-if scenarios mm-hmm. really cool. i saw a
3: scanner darkly movie
2: oh yeah what do you think uh i liked it i mean it was, it was also interesting because they did like the whole rotoscoping animation yeah. for it um so that's cool because people don't do that that often
3: yeah it's um, really impressive
2: yeah i think it worked out well for that one so I, I can't kind of compare it because I haven't read the book.
3: Sure, so. sure, sure,
2: Um, Do you have a favorite illustrator?
3: Uh, I really don't. I have too many that I, that I love. Um, people I'm following right now, a lot, um, would be like Tatiana Scalera, Ian McHugh, Joshua Middleton, Carla Ortiz, I love her. Fiona uh, Staples. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, just there's a whole array of people that I regularly kind of, you know, check out their work and get inspired by. Them. Are
2: any of them in comic books?
3: Yeah. Oh, but yeah.
2: mostly, or?
3: It's, like, happening. Uh-huh. It's happening it.
2: What do the other people do?
3: Um, you know, or, like, you know, Brian Braves, that I grew up with, um, and Omni. Like, they are like, book illustrators. So, uh-huh. like, when I went to school for illustrations, I was more into, like, book illustrators. And, um, sometimes those people became concept artists. And I didn't really even like get introduced to the comic artist world until recently. So um, I'm following all these people now that are just ridiculously mega-talented um, and it's exciting because it's, it's, it's cool to like feel, you know, inspired by stuff that's like, you know, fine art and illustration and then also comic books because, you know, this world seems to be like weirdly separated sometimes.
2: Mm-hmm. How did you get into comic books and, and where, did, like, where did you go to art school and then how did you end up getting into comics?
3: Um, I went to art school at RIT for illustration. That'd be okay there. Um, and I, I've always done little comics on my own, but I never really thought of it as something that I could viably follow. Mm-hmm. It was just never something that anybody said, oh yeah, there's people making a living doing this. And still, it's really hard enough to um, but it's it's something that I think is a possibility now, so I'm trying to find my voice and, you know, style and everything, um, but I think the Sandman got me in the comics when I was in college, um, yeah, so that was my first, like, wake-up call that you could, you know, that indie comic thing where you, you know, it didn't have to be all superheroes and stuff, but mm-hmm. you know, you branch out into this, like, in anything, in the sky, I love sky's it.
2: So then, how did like coyotes, get get started?
3: Um. Well, I did a portfolio piece on my own, I did like a ten-page story, and started shopping around to all these different publishers and, um, and art directors and things like that, just seeing what hit or, you know what would happen. And um, I eventually submitted something on another company's website on Facebook that they had like a submission guide on their wall where you could just put pages up. And then mm-hmm. Sean uh, Lewis, the writer, happened to be looking for artist, and so he found that page, and he the submissions, and he,
2: knew, he liked my work, so yeah, I mean, you know. Cool. Yeah. Where's he uh,
3: located at? He's in Iowa City, now. He's a um, theater director and
2: playwright. Uh-huh. So do you ever see each other face-to-face?
3: Uh, no, we've met, like, four times. Oh, uh-huh.
2: Yeah. You know? okay. So, um, what's, what's it like, Doing something that's connected to Image Comics is it? Do you have to deal with Image Comics as a company? I
3: mean, they—they're awesome. It's it's pretty hands off, and I, we, they kind of trust the creators to do their thing. So, Uh um, everybody's really cool over there, and it's awesome. I love it. It's just um, very supportive environment.
2: Oh yes, and speaking of that, also like, how can people? find coyotes right now, like is it in comic shops, can you get it through the image like, website or yeah, something? Yeah, you can or? get it through the image website, you can get it at Barnes & or Amazon or uh, any comic
3: book
2: shop. Not any, but you know, most, a lot of them will have uh, copies. Okay, cool, cool. Do you have a favorite character in either comic books or anything else?
3: Um, in coyotes or in general?
2: Oh no, just like in 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 any kind of character. Story.
3: Um, I mean, I love a lot of characters in the same and I, I go back
2: to that a lot, but like Delirium and Death uh, are pretty great characters, and, um, yeah, I mean, I really love being a game of writing and his character development, so I would
3: say those two. Okay, Yeah. Well. Um, what do you see for
2: the future of Coyote? Or um, what do you know? Well... That you can tell us. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> there's stuff that, you know, there's, like, newbie things, mm-hmm. but, you know, yeah, so there's that, and then, uh, I don't know, I, I hope that it kind of opens up a world for me to, like, be able to do more work and work with other, art, uh, you know, authors and uh, work more with Sean and maybe work on my own story, and, um, yeah, I'm kind of just hoping that it kind of gets me more involved in the of um, book world.
1: Cool. Yeah.
2: Um, do you plan to stay in Rochester for now? Uh, for
3: now. Okay. You know. I'm kind of a restless person, so you never know. Um and in the winters I I've decided to at least for the winters like take off for a couple months and I'd go someplace else. And then might still work. But uh I I mentally can't handle <laughs> the winters here. So uh, yeah, I know. it's been too many years and i just
2: I feel too <laughs> So
3: yeah, the fact that I can work from my computer I just figured I'm just to go someplace really. How
2: did you end up like, getting a connection with Rochester?
3: I mean, I just went to R.E.D. Oh, I, right, so R.E.D. No, yeah. Is so that then, the first
2: then, time you ever got like came here, was when you started yeah, school? Yeah, I oh.
3: didn't even know about Rochester until <laughs> I went to R.E.D. Yeah, and then I stayed for work. I, I got a job at this company called Working Man Interactive, which is down the street. Um, and I was there for about seven years in the night. Uh, and that was it's a game design company. They do, like, mobile oh. games for and stuff. Um, so. I
2: was there for a long time and then I decided to do the freelance thing um for some comics and
3: um, it took a while for me to get there but was, um, Did you also live in the city in New York? Uh yeah. Last okay. year I lived
2: in Brooklyn for about a year. Oh okay. Yeah, I feel like that happens a lot with, with my friends here, So, they'll live here, then they'll live there but they don't everybody see them here. Tries so it. <laughs> everybody
3: tried to for a little while, and I'm just like, This is crazy expensive and they just come like, back. Mm-hmm.
2: I have a couple more in down here. Oh, <laughs> well, this was just a comment, but um, so actually where I'm going in a few days, I'm going to Denver, and um, my grandmother has a condo there. She passed away, but her condo is left in her family. And um, <laughs> there's a path that goes around, like... Outside, mm-hmm. uh, you have to like walk out of the gate of the condo and then it goes through like the whole neighborhood mm-hmm. and it goes to the street cemetery. And at night, you can like hear the coyotes. Oh, really? <laughs> and it's pretty scary. Like sometimes you see them and they're in these little packs and they follow wow. you around really? and stuff. And, oh, and you really know, it, it's pretty weird, yeah. But you'll just be like either you'll be all the way over at the apartment and it's like a high rise, so you could be weapon and the wind carries the towels. Yeah. And it, you could be on the path and then you'll just you'll be very close and you'll hear them or something so whenever I like when I found out about coyotes it made me think of that and yeah. whenever I'm like, when reading it or thinking about coyotes I'm like oh yeah the coyotes are <laughs> totally. Um, what's your favorite music or musical genre oh boy Um I'd say singer-songwriting
3: singer-songwriting so you know I love Tom Waits and Leonard Cohen, um, you
2: know, uh, that kind of music, and a lot of people out here that I know mean, play stuff like that too. No oh homies. yeah, um, I saw that you responded that you might go to the Incantations. Yeah,
3: I'm in mean
2: band. Oh, you're in it. Yeah. Oh, I just met somebody the other night that was telling me that's. Uh, wait a second. Oh, what's his name, Michael?
3: Yeah. Okay, cool. Singer?
2: Uh, he's with the long hair. Yeah, yeah. 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 He's, he's a front okay. Man. Cool, okay. When is it? It's a spirit room on Thursday? Spirit room on Thursday, yep. Okay. What time? No, I
3: don't don't remember. Okay. I
2: I work, but I think... Yeah, I think I could, like, make it for half of it or something. Cool. Cool. So what do you play? I play
3: violin. Okay, cool. And I sing sometimes, but mostly
2: violin. Do Do you play any other instruments too? No, I mean, badly. I play,
1: like,
3: a little bit of youth and a little bit of guitar, but not very much. I'd like to. It's uh, one of those things where I had this, like, this huge passion and for music, but also art, and I—it's hard of pick to one, hold. I yeah, you kind of, of like you <laughs> can't devote yourself to both of those things. Right, because you're
2: really good at art, so things. you know,
3: um, No, I just—I
2: I know how good you are at music, to like, but to like practice for you know both
3: you know, those things—it's uh, it's like kind of my eternal struggle.
2: <laughs> right, right. Kind of wish you could be two people sometimes.
3: Yeah, absolutely.
2: So what's uh what's up with this space? You, you're like moving? Have you figured that out or? Yeah,
3: yeah. I'm um, just looking for the um, current place to leave so I can move in. But it's going to be above Rocco Okay. Um. Wait. You know. So it's not in here. No, no all? it's not here. Okay. Um. So I wanted to be sort of more in the town a little bit and, uh, and have my own space. So um, and you know this 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 studio is great. This is a Matei studio. Mattei. know this is a from those Rochester Studios, and it's awesome, and he's great. Um, but yeah, I was just looking for my own studio because I've never had one before, so I um, ended up at the, the Rochester contemporary uh, Art Center. Cool. East, yeah, yeah so, cool. Yeah, and I think they do first Fridays too. So.
2: Oh. Okay. I've only really been there for the six by six show.
3: Yeah. And then
2: I, I got a 6x6 six six print like two or three years ago, but I never actually picked it up. Oh, really? Kind of wonder if somebody still has it, but I don't know at this point. Uh, I doubt
3: it. in it's like thousands
2: of there now. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't know. Well, I went back like the next year, and they were like, yeah, we definitely still have everything oh. from last year, but that was like one year, not right. like four years. We do
3: now. It's pretty
2: intense. Is it on right now? Or? Um, I don't know. I
3: think it's soon. Okay. I saw like what they had up, and it was just like covering. Like, oh, yeah. really cool
2: well. I'll make sure to check that out. So, um, just about the story of Coyotes and, and the process. Um, is it inspired by anything in particular? Is there a particular kind of, like, message for for young girls, for immigrants and, you know, about that that's going on?
3: Oh, yeah. No, I definitely a story. It wasn't really intentional. It, it, it kind of we started writing for. Like, Sean started writing the story like yeah. two and a half a few years ago. So it's it was before all this kind of stuff started to ha- like started becoming um, a big talking point.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, and uh, yeah, it's just it's just weirdly relevant uh, for women and coyote, you know, women and, 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 um, and refugees, and immigrants, and it's just. Uh, um, yeah, I think that you know that the the coyotes kind of represent you know classic masculinity and patriarchy. And, um, it's a it's a an empowering story. I think.
2: Is there some um, basis in a particular kind of folklore, or did you kind of come up with it all yourself?
3: He, and I mean, I didn't come up with anything. Uh, this is Sean's story. This, yeah, I think he, this is his original thing. I think he's uh-huh. like, you know been influenced or inspired by different mythologies and things like that and, and uh, you know the, the idea came from originally he said that it came from like you know uh hearing stories about um you know coyotes bringing people and and, and oh, human okay. trafficking and right, things yeah. like that and then talking and then uh-huh. like, they were actually coyotes uh-huh. and then like taking that idea and spinning it into this okay. whole story so, you
2: know. cool so that's kind of what i thought
3: but mm-hmm.
2: so do you ever like did she ever work with you on the story part of it
3: yeah, we, we definitely, like, bounce ideas back and forth with each other. Um mm-hmm. I mean, he, he calls all the shots, but um, it's, he's really inclusive and, and, like, collaborative about everything, which is really fun. Like, you know, he'll be like, well, what about if we did this? And then, you know, I get to be like, well, yeah, we're like, I don't know, what about this instead? Or, what do you you know, like, it's, it's a very, um, it feels more like a partnership rather than being, like, directed.
2: Mm-hmm. Really cool. And so then as far as... Uh, art since like you're the artist so you do the lettering like, you do everything mm-hmm. as far as every aspect of the art mm-hmm. okay Yeah. so that's like because that's a different process than like a comic book that has a different person to do or a different team or whatever to do every yeah, work like, aspect Yeah I
3: mean, that's like the traditional way to do it is having like the job you first up I think different which mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense because the turnaround time is really fast um, but because of the individual age and Mm-hmm. Um, and I just for this issue number five, I just started working traditionally again. Um, like sure, I started out. in what way? Well, like I like my training's in like fine art, mm-hmm. traditional illustration and stuff, and I have done the first four issues uh, digitally, okay. like a drawing them in mobile Studio Pro, and, um, and it's a great machine. And I love it, and I've been doing digital illustration forever, but I guess I got some kind of spring fatigue or something, <laughs> and I just wanted to like have something. You know, like an original or something and it's been kind of tactile thing going on so i started i did I, I, like halfway through this issue i was like i'm gonna be traditional and make this harder on myself and um it's been scary and fun and i'm gonna keep doing it and so
2: so how do you kind of um plan the like the layout and the panels and everything like that
3: uh well i'll get like a script from sean usually there's not that much instruction there's a little bit no here and there, like he has an idea for or something, but um, generally, visually, I kind of just go to town and, you know, think about how I want the shots to go in my head, and then I kind of sketch them out really, really rough, and send them over to Sean and just make sure everything's full cool there, and then, um, and you know, like break down the pages how I want to break them down to make sure that, you know, one page isn't too busy and it page is too sparse or whatever. And then, um, yeah, once I have the basic idea down for, like, all the different poses and stuff and lighting, I will, have my friends come over and we'll do like a, like, a big like reference night and then uh-huh. I'll just like we'll, I'll go from page to page and panel to panel and I'll just go okay now do this and now do that and now like hold <laughs> this thing like it's a sword and do yeah. this and so we'll do this like whole thing in like one or two shots and then um, I'll go through the pictures and I'll use those as reference to look at while I'm um, drawing.
2: Cool. Yeah. So do you have to have a certain number of pages, or like only a certain number of pages, or like um, how does it work with I that think way? the standard thing is to have uh, the thirty-two page book, uh-huh. so
3: it's like it's like around 20 pages of art, or something like that. So, okay. um, that's like the general. But um, some of them get bigger, and, you know, um, and that's what we've been working
2: with. So. So you have a guideline, but can you like do more or whatever like? Um. Is, is yeah, the case? I
3: think you can do more. Mm-hmm. But,
2: but you've been kind of sticking I to that. Been sticking to okay. It, yeah. Cool. So, do you have like special connections with like um, comics, etc.? and I noticed like you were also at Midcon Comics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't
3: know if Midcon Comics that well. They, they were next nice, month. Like, I have us come and do like um you know um watch like other things you know, like them. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and that was. That was but uh, yeah, Comics Etc. is you know, a great shop and we are really supportive of the community that's you know, involved in comics here. So, um, you know, Nigel Carrington, YouTube Commodore, and, um, Jason Youngblooth, and it's like a great uh, little community of comic artists that we, and we get to see each other when we have these like you know, comic, um, uh, big little, little comic things. Um, they do it for a free Book Day and a couple other days, too, and, um, they're just really supportive and, and cool, and just, like, they try to get people's names out there, and, um, you know, they, they were selling my like, comic that I, like, self-published, you know, first oh, like cool. chapter <laughs> or whatever, like, they came over to the store, and they were like, yeah, and they sold it for me, and it was really nice, so. Yeah.
2: What was that story about?
3: Um, uh, that was about a changeling. Okay. Um. The story has changed a lot in my head, so I'm going to probably redo it once I get the So time. you do
2: want to come back to I that? I do want thing. to come
3: back to it. Okay, I have okay. too many
2: ideas for it, so, nice. yeah. Do you actually do, have you done any of the comic cons, like in Rochester? I've never been to one.
3: Yeah, I just did, um, my first one, um, my first local, like, con was the Flower well, City Con. That okay. Where is that? In? Is that the Riverside Bridge or Okay. Thing? Yeah. yeah. Um, and no. is it
2: a lot of local people or is yeah. it just also? It's
3: mostly like, I think it's mostly local and, oh, okay. and like Western and North of Sweden. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. So that
2: was just recently? Yeah. Okay, cool.
3: Yeah.
2: Gotcha. Um, so I know you like were saying something about um, like how so, like some comic books can, can be like kind of patriarchal and stuff. Um, do, you, do you think that's a major issue today in comics, that it's still like that? In um, comics or comic book movies or...? I
3: mean, I don't know if I would use the word issue. I think it's just... It's still... It's maybe the norm. And, mm. But I mean, it's, there's so many that are coming out now that are, like, all different perspectives and all different, you know, races, genders, ages. Like, it's pretty, it's pretty, like open now, which is really
2: awesome. Yeah. Can you think of an example in um, more mainstream comics that has broken some more of those boundaries recently that, that come to mind? Um, well,
3: I don't know about it's recent, but um, you know, Saga oh, is right. pretty out there. And, um, Do you like that? Yeah, yeah I mean, that's, that's another one that got me really interested in going into any comics. Is, you know, the sequels so, but yeah, I
2: think that was breaking a lot of boundaries. How long has that been
3: coming up? Well, I don't even know. Years, years. Okay. Sure. Yeah,
2: I only just heard of it recently and was oh, like, really? recommended it. Yeah, like there are. Maybe on. like a year or two ago. There are a lot of issues to catch up on. Gotcha.
3: It's just, it's just started. But it's, it's worth it.
2: It's really good. Um, I think that was all my questions. Okay. So. Cool. Well, thanks for coming to
3: visit. Yeah. Everything. Thank
2: you. Nice to meet you. Yeah, you too. The
1: ocean empty